Hi, I'm Melissa Italiano, founder of Melissa Natural Perfumes and your host for the With Intent podcast, where I'll be bringing you insightful conversations with everyday inspired people living with intent. If you like what you hear, please give us a five-star review, comment and share. Thanks and enjoy the podcast. It is my absolute pleasure to introduce Emma Campbell of Find Your Spark. Emma is a connected, eloquent, deep feeling and thinking coach, helping organisations and individuals find their purpose and ultimately live a more intentional and fulfilled life. Emma is very generous during our conversation and shares many tips to help you reconnect with your true purpose. I hope you enjoy our conversation and thank you for listening. Welcome, Emma. Hello, how are you? I'm so, so, so excited to be here. We're excited to have you. I thought I figured we'd better start the podcast because all the good stuff we'll we'll miss if we kept talking prior to this. Oh my gosh. I know, I know. Um, so, so Emma and I have had um, have not known each other before um, embarking on this podcast discussion. Um, so, but we've had a really good time getting to know each other with a couple of conversations before before this interview. Emma is quite um, remarkable and, and inspiring. She has two children. Um, has just built a house. Uh, building a business, a find find your spark business, um, and and we have a lot in common. So I hope you enjoy this this interview where Emma's going to actually share her knowledge and give you a lot of tips about um, how to find your spark. And as a mother, that is something I'm really really focused on with my children because I have read a lot about it. And if we can help our children find their spark, life will flow really beautifully for them. And so, Emma, that leads me to asking you if you'd share a little bit about your background and and how you found your spark um, and then the inspiration for pursuing, I guess, a coach, uh, a path in, in coaching others. 100% 100% I would love to. Thank you so much for that beautiful introduction. So <clears throat> where to start? Where to start? That's always the question. And it's actually such an interesting one because it's, it's one of those journeys that I love to go on with my clients is helping them understand their own stories and their own story of their life. And that part of the journey of finding your spark and finding your purpose and your truth and what you're here for often involves looking backwards, like looking backwards into your life, into what some of those big challenges have been for you in your life, those big struggles. And so often it's some of the hardest periods in our life that actually become the, the greatest, the greatest opportunities for growth. And more often than not, I actually find that it's those moments that are the biggest challenges in a lot of people's lives that actually forms part of their inner why, their inner purpose. So I guess to share a little bit about my story and my, um, my journey to finding my purpose is 
you know, I had a I had a pretty hard time with anxiety when, particularly when I was back in the the corporate world, was when I first started getting some real uh, challenging experiences with feelings of overwhelm, feelings of fear, uh, kind of just sometimes not feeling in my body and having a a real intense feeling of self-consciousness, I guess is the, the key word there. And I remember quite clearly sitting in, in one of my swivel office chairs uh, right next to the window um, in, a, in a workplace that now that I can look back on it with, you know, eyes, eyes of perspective was definitely not the place that I was meant to be. It was a, it was a real corporate environment. It was, uh, you know, filled with quite masculine energy, like really productivity, you know, efficiency, KPIs, achievement, like profit, 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 uh, looking at the numbers, spreadsheets, and absolutely nothing wrong with that sort of environment, but it wasn't, it wasn't where I was meant to be. It wasn't, wasn't what I guess my, my energetic code is made for, because I'm a, I'm a bit of a, a sensitive, empathic kind of, uh, you know, big love and big emotion type. <laughs> so when I was in this, when I was in this workplace, I just remember like looking out the window, you know, getting instructions from my boss on what I needed to do and just sitting there feeling like there has to be more than this. Like, this is not, this is not, what I'm here for. Like, I know that I can do more. I know that I have more to give and I just don't know how to get there. Like, I don't know how to get from where I am right now to where I want to be. And I didn't even really know exactly what, what that, what that next place was, but I did know that something just didn't feel right for me. And, and everything in my body was telling me that this wasn't the place for me by sending me all these messages of anxiety and feelings of fear. And so I guess not realizing it, but in that moment, I started my journey of self-discovery of, you know, going on the, the self-development um, journey of reading all the books, kind of uh, listening to all the <laughs> Yeah, 100%, 100% self-development junkie, 100%. Um, you know, I remember Brene Brown was probably one of my first books, The Power of Vulnerability. And, you know, bit by bit, I think I, I went on this journey of trying to heal myself or trying to figure out like, what was the cause of my anxiety? Because mm. for anyone that's um, suffered from anxiety, it is, it is so debilitating. It, I just, it separates you from presence, like it separates you from life. And it's, it's a place that I, I really hope that no one has to be for too long a time. So part, a, lot of, a lot of my clients come to me with, with feelings of anxiety and it's one of my greatest passions to be able to help them to move through that because I know how horrible it can be. And I still, I still get little, little moments of it even today but my ability to, to bring it back and to come back to presence and the tools and the practices that I've learned along the way 
allow me to come back to a feeling of being in my body and being present and being in my my true authentic self a lot a lot faster so did you get to the bottom of the why did you get to the bottom of why you the the why to the anxiety mm-hmm. yeah yeah so i i i think i'm i'm pretty close <laughs> so i would say probably the last 4 to 5 years has been a a journey of discovering that why and it's funny that you asked that question because uh, there's a there's a guy that I follow which is called Joe Dispenza. I'm not sure if you've heard of him before, but and yeah, an incredible uh, meditation teacher and thought leader, and um, has done quite a few books about you know breaking the habit of being yourself and the, um, becoming supernatural. And yeah, so he he said something that really stuck with me the other day. And he said, you know, fear, when you feel fear, you're not only not, it's not, fear is not the opposite of love. Fear is a disconnection, a disconnection from love. Mm-hmm. Fear is a disconnection from love. And that we, we are all love really at the heart of it, right? Like we are we are loved as human beings and we have so much love to give and we're all connected, you know, as human beings on this planet. And that in those moments of fear and anxiety, that what we've done is we've disconnected from loving ourselves. Mm-hmm. And so I think my, my whole journey and I think a lot of, a lot of human beings journeys on this planet is is coming back to ourselves, right? It's coming back to loving ourselves and also being able to love others and and share that love with others. And so that, yeah, sorry, that, that journey has been a process of discovering myself and I guess coming back to re-loving and re-accepting who I actually am because I think there was quite a big part of me that had disconnected from my true self and that felt like she had to be someone else yeah. in the world I can in re- order to be accepted 100%, 100%. The conditioned self, right, that society, society rewards and recognises that, that often helps us get ahead and helps us be seen, particularly in a corporate environment. Mm-hmm. You know, there's that certain part of you that when you're achieving, when you're succeeding, when you're being really productive and hitting all the goals and, you know, coming back to the office and celebrating the 12 hour workday that you did or something like that. Like the external, they're the things. It's the external. 100%. We disconnect. 100%. We, well, in my, in my experience and, and, um, we develop our self-esteem and and our sense of well-being from achieving all these things yeah. external to our true nature, which is sounds what sounds like. That's why Melissa was born actually, because it was that moment um, of I really wanted to share how I um, came back to myself, um, um, and it sounds like that's how your business was born as well. Hundred percent. A hundred percent. And it's, it's funny how the things that we heal within ourselves end up being the greatest gifts that we can give to other people as well. 
Right. Hence, find your spark. Find your spark. So in the moment that I was able to start to awaken that spark within me and, and see the impact that it had on me, and, and part of that has been about like coming back to my true self and really identifying with like who who is who is Emma? Who is this actual Emma? Because I, I think that can be one of the hardest, the hardest parts in the whole journey is we've spent so much of our life living this conditioned self that society loves, that our parents probably loved, that our teachers loved when we were growing up at school that um, the workplace loves, that we're really, really good at, at growing that conditioned self. Mm. But coming back to the, the good old question of like, if that's not me, if that conditioned self is not me, then who, who the hell am I? Who's this person underneath all those layers? And I don't know, I don't know, but I, I feel like that's the journey of life. Is like that's actually the purpose of life is to to unwind those layers and to understand who that true self, who that authentic self is underneath all of that. And, and in one of our previous discussions, you talked about your um, childhood growing up in Wickham and um, did you yeah. look back to your childlike self for clues on who the true Emma is? What a great question. And I think unconsciously, yes, 100%. So I grew up in a tiny little country town in the Pilbara called Wickham. Mm -hmm. And so just to give you a little bit of a, 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 a visual snapshot, uh, you can think spin effects for days, uh, lots of red dirt, lots of rocks, kangaroos, and... Uh, what what I refer to as stink bombs. I don't know if you've heard of those before, but <laughs> when we were kids, we used to pick them out of the ground and you can throw them and anyway, they explode with this, um, <laughs> with this kind of um, red dirt dust. And anyway, tiny, tiny little country town. And I grew up like a real tomboy because um, like into all sports, and my brothers were like a really, really big influence in my life. So I grew up with two older brothers who were 10 years older than me. And um, I spent most of my childhood walking around in the bush with no shoes on, much to my mother's dismay. I think she, she really wanted me to be a girly girl and I just wanted to walk around in the bush getting dirty. And, um, you know, that, that is me in my most natural state. It's out and about in nature it's you know getting getting out into the earth out into the world and having fun and connecting with people and laughing and being silly and being playful and probably also asking some of the big questions because I think ever since I can ever remember I was always asking my dad you know dad why are we here like what is, who is God? What does God mean? And who invented God? And, you know, <laughs> some of those questions. So, yes, 100%. It's a, com it's a coming back to, to who we were before the world told us who we should be, right? Yeah, and when we were most connected to our true state, which sounds like for you when you were in nature. Yeah. 
in the outback. Yes. How beautiful. 100%. Beautiful child. 100%. Oh, um, thank you, did, you. You did mention also um, that you had this knowing um, around uh, which you might have forgotten and um, mm. when your brothers would go off to boarding school and come back and you noticed a shift in their energy and their, their emotions. Yeah. Can you share a little bit about that? Because I think yeah. from the previous discussion that was quite poignant for you in this, in this journey to, to developing 100%. and doing what you're doing now. Yeah, definitely. So it's a really interesting one because I think like, like a lot of kids who have older siblings, you, you look up to your older siblings as your absolute heroes in life, right? Like, like these guys could do no wrong. These guys are just so amazing. And, you know, my brothers being 10 years older than me, they you know, they, they were not only my heroes, but they were like these wise, enlightened, um, you know, experienced, knowledgeable, strong people in my life. And we just had the best time growing up together as, as um, children until I guess the age arose that they needed to go to high school. And because we were living in Wickham, um, the decision that my parents made was to send them to boarding school in Perth. And my family actually um, moved over from Africa when the boys were quite young. So they're from South Africa and my dad's from Zimbabwe. So right. they'd been through quite a lot of big changes there. I was the, the only Aussie born out of our family. And, you know, they were going through another pretty big significant uh, change in their life going off to boarding school. And what I started to notice was, and this was maybe as I was getting a bit older as well and, and starting to develop some self-awareness of my own, is some, I guess some, some hard times were being had by the boys. You know, they, they'd moved from Africa to Wickham and then into what we call the big sticks of Perth, like city Perth. And I think all of the adjustments and the, the, the struggles and the difficulties amounted to them having a pretty hard time mentally. And I remember as a kid noticing that something had sort of changed or shifted and that they were having a pretty hard time and, I think as a pretty empathetic, quite emotional and, and sensitive kid, I've really, really picked up on how, how they were going. Mm -hmm. And I, I could really feel myself, even as a kid, really struggling to see them having a hard time and feeling really powerless in my ability to help them. And I, I think it was in that moment well, in those moments, because it's been a, a bit of an ongoing journey, it was in those moments that I kind of made it my personal mission, my personal purpose to not only heal me and heal my own journey with anxiety, but I really, 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 really wanted to find a solution for their pain, for their struggles, for their depression. And not only them, but everyone in the world struggles with depression and anxiety. Mm -hmm. Like it's, 
it's not the way that we're meant to be. We're, we're not supposed to feel these like horrible feelings of loss and despair and, and disconnection. And I think like my whole body just really wanted to find a solution. And I, I didn't know what that was. And there was a long time that I didn't know what that was. And I remember feeling so powerless and frustrated. Like it really broke my heart to, to not be able to know how to take people's pain away. Wow. And you and, and you actually remember that and recall that feeling. I I think in an emotional way, a hundred percent. I think now I've been able to put words behind it in a much more <laughs> adult way, if that makes sense. And I, you know, kind of fast forward the journey to being able to move away from that corporate role that I was telling you about before and um, getting this incredible opportunity to join join a, um, an all-female-led, like, oh, just absolutely incredible, super-empowered um, startup that was focused on helping companies become more purposeful and more purpose-driven and help their employees find fulfilment through purpose. And my role in, in that company was to research all of the different ways that that we could help companies find their purpose, that um, employees could connect with the purpose behind the mission of the business. And in my research, in everything to do with the impact that purpose can have on people, I remember really clearly this moment of hearing about what impact purpose has on people, that like a little spark was lit within me like I had a real light bulb like you know those beautiful light bulb moments mm -hmm. that kind of like send tingles all down your spine like you can actually feel your body sort of start to come alive when you when you get these little hits and in that moment I just had this knowing that this was going to be something that was going to change people's lives if not the world mm -hmm. it's the ability to connect and when, and when I say purpose, because um, I think it can be a word that's, uh, you know, heard a lot or used a lot and, and, and I just want to add some, some meaning and clarity behind that. Purpose for me is about connecting to something bigger than you. It's about connecting to something that makes your heart come alive. It's about connecting to a cause in the world that allows you to contribute. It's like something that you care so deeply about that it takes you away from your own pain and your own struggles and it helps you connect with something else in the world. So in a way, purpose is something that brings you back to love and to connecting to others and contribution. It's about finding, finding your thing, like finding your cause. It's mm -hmm. about finding your mission. And the more that I started to read about purpose, you know, that, that beautiful opportunity to, opportunity to be able to give back to the world, I thought, are out this is what's missing in so many organizations 
like so many organizations and just life in general is not, not structured in a way to help employees feel connected to why they're there, like why their job exists and what bigger, bigger impact they're having through their work. Like so many employees out there are feeling a real sense of like wanting more meaning in their roles, wanting more meaning in their lives, wanting that ability to give back, wanting that ability to really truly connect. And not, not just from a place of like it looking good on paper, but actually feeling, like really feeling like they're actually making a difference. And yeah. That it was, it was that in that moment that I knew that my my purpose was going to be about helping other people find their purpose because I knew the impact that it had on me as well. So that leads to a good segue into the next question as to how do you do that? Like, how do you do that? A with organisations and B with individuals. Do you work mostly with organisations or mostly with individuals now? Yeah. So real mix. So my, my work focuses uh, on individuals who might, say, be employees within an organisation. <laughs> I also work with leaders of really purpose-driven organisations, so who, are, who, have a, who have a purpose beyond just profit. Um, and, and it's funny, just as a side note, because I, I did a lot of research into these, this sort of stuff, uh, the purpose-driven organisations are actually more profitable than the profit-driven ones. So it's also like a beautiful flow-on effect. <laughs> yeah, because I would say, can you be purposeful and profitable at the same time? But if your research shows that... If 110%. You... Mm-hmm. Because yeah, I guess definitely. if you bring it back to an energy perspective, you can understand that too. Um, yeah. But a lot of, yeah. of the perception would be, you know, if you're going to focus on... Um, cause related or social issues and whatnot, then it just detracts from yeah. your main core business. And so a lot of leaders would be probably a bit reluctant to, to go down that yeah. path. Have you found that? Yeah. Look, 100%, 100% because our, I think a whole heap of our um, conditioning and our upbringing, particularly in the corporate world, is focused on success, equals productivity and profitability. Mm -hmm. And so all of our systems are built in a way that rewards that. And think, oh gosh, I could go on about this in in so many ways, but uh, to, to keep it nice and short on that topic is when leaders are able to, first of all, understand the impact of purpose first and the impact that that can actually have on profit, not only from like an organisational standpoint in terms of like the the impact that that can have on organisation success, but also from a personal level. Like when when I speak to leaders and I tend to partner more so with quite conscious and and purposeful organisations, I've sort of moved away from the corporate world because I think that's where... um, well, they're the organisations that I really love to help is the ones that, are, you know, have a mission to help the world because I just want to support those so that they can have that beautiful, yep. like, ripple effect yeah. to, to everyone else. Yeah. And when you know, you know with all of your bones and all of yourself that the work that you're doing 
is having such a meaningful and positive impact on the people that you're serving, the impact that that has on the leaders and the employees, like the, the boost of motivation that those employees get, like the, the level of meaning behind their roles, a purpose of like true fulfilment. You know, you, you can't get fulfilment. You can't get that beautiful feeling of fulfilment just by ticking off your KPIs for the day. Sure. No matter how hard you work, no matter how, how many position promotions that you get in a day or, you know, throughout a year or your lifetime, you'll never get that feeling of fulfilment from working really hard or getting promotions. Fulfilment is an inside job. Like fulfilment comes from giving back. It comes from connecting and, and actually seeing the impact that your work is, is having on others. And being of service, right? 100%. Yeah. 100%. So, so talk us through how, how you would do that with um, how, um, so in a way we're giving our listeners some tips on how they would find their Yes. How, how yes, I would love to. Organization or an individual. Yeah, so I'll, I might start with the individual because that'll probably be a little bit more fitting potentially for your audience and, I, and this is a process that can, can apply to organisations as well. Mm -hmm. is, so I've got this, this beautiful uh, formula, it's called the, the 4P formula to finding your spark and those four P's stand for purpose, passion, potential and possibility. And right. so if you can imagine like a, a beautiful Venn diagram of those four P's all crossing over, mm -hmm. the point where your passions, so the things that you love and that just light you up and that just truly energise you and your purpose, the thing that drives you from the inside out that you were made for, that you're here for in the world and possibility, which is extending your mindset further to what you ever thought possible for you and challenging challenging your your current view of the world and potential which is all about helping you step into your highest self like your highest potential and really looking at like what are those things that you're naturally really really good at like that make you feel confident that make you feel like your most natural self and your most powerful self because um like just as a little side note there like i'm a real big advocate for playing to your strengths yeah you know rather than trying to oh i don't know like um combat all of your weaknesses which would bloody take us all life and not be a very not be a very fun journey i'm just about you know playing to who you truly are like playing to your natural self and those things that are most natural to you and like your natural intrinsic strength, like that's your magic, right? Like that's, I, that's your. A lot of people don't know that or they've become so disconnected yeah. that they can't. And I remember when I was yeah. on the journey, someone said to me, um, what did you love to do as a child? When you're, oh. when we're, when we're free, oh. well, we're not, we're, we're the conditioning's commenced, but we're relatively um, still free of 
um, too much external conditioning. And, and that, uh, that so was true. powerful. So true. That was powerful looking oh, back at what I loved to do as a child and it made me... What did you love to do? Oh, me? Oh, I loved to do... I was out constantly. Mum, and I was like yeah. you, I was out because I grew yeah. up on a farm. I was out in nature. I was out with the animals and I was out in nature. Yeah. And then I would play shops all the time. <laughs> <laughs> and look at what you're doing now and then i but yeah. then this thing i would do every night almost would be to go into my mum's bedroom and she had this beautiful dresser and i would just sit and admire her perfumes and i'd sit oh. on that little she had one of those really old-fashioned beautiful um i'm not even sure what you call them the dresser and and it had a little stool and i would sit on it and and it had a marble top and it was quite ornate it was quite beautiful and i would sit and i would do this often and just sit and play with her perfumes play oh my gosh i just i just got tingles yeah and um um, so yeah so that's what i love to do well Um, but so so that's the thing is that you ask anyone, you ask anyone, what what did you most love to do? Like what did your 10-year-old self used to lose themselves doing as a kid? Yeah, right. And so, so say, for example, with me, like I used to love playing teachers. Like I was obsessed with creating little workbooks for my friends, bossing right. them around. I was a bossy little kid, that's for sure. Um, <laughs> You asked my best friend at the time. Um, I used to create create little workbooks and I used to to want to, and I used to tell stories. So, and I used to write stories. So I was always a pretty creative little kid. And the, the reason that I share this is that the themes are behind which the, the passions that you used to love as your 10-year-old self, that they'll still be the same in some way or form to who you are right now. It's like if you can find the theme behind what that is. So for me, teaching was about educating and empowering and helping. And, you know, now I'm a coach, which is exactly what I get to do now. And I was a bossy little kid because I loved doing my own thing and I hated people telling me what to do. And I'm now a business owner and I, I just, I can't stand working for other people because <laughs> I love to do my own thing. And, you know, the creative side of me gets to, gets to write blogs, gets to tell stories on podcasts, like the passions and the parts of us that were us as children, it's still part of us right now. And and I guess that's probably one of the first tips that I would give your listeners is, is that if they're looking to reconnect with who they truly are, like their truest, most magnificent, beautiful, powerful self, like the self that just feels like them, is asking the question, what did you love to do as a kid? Like, what did you lose yourself in as a child? And, and not looking at it too literally, but looking for the themes, the themes behind the themes behind that, and even asking the questions. So maybe the follow up question there is, you know, if if that's what you love to do, what is it about that that you loved so much? Like, what were the parts of that 
that really made you come alive, that got you excited? Or what were you curious about as a child? So, so when, I, when I take clients through these four Ps, so finding your passions, finding your purpose, finding your true possibility and finding your highest potential, the point that those four Ps meet is where we unlock your spark. So that's where your spark lives and your spark starts to come alive. And wow. I, yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a really fun process to go through. I bloody love watching it from the outside with my I can clients. Imagine. How satisfying. <laughs> um, and you just mentioned, and I'm thinking, gosh, we need to be doing this in our schools, but then yes. um, gosh, if our staff yes. aren't doing it, <laughs> if we're, if we're most, oh. the parents and whatnot aren't, but you, you did recently just um, speak at a school and you get, you're giving I some exactly about, about this topic. How does that feel? I did. Oh, oh my gosh. So it's literally a dream come true. I can't tell you how, oh, just like grateful and appreciative I am to have this opportunity. And even if I can share a little, a little story about how it came about, because I have had a, like I've just shared on my, on my social media um, about, Getting to, getting to speak at this school. And I had a couple of people reach out and ask, like, how did this speaking gig even come about, Em? And um, it's a really funny and kind of, like, quite awesome and magical story. So I might just share that one really quickly. I was in meditation, having a nice old standard meditation, I thought, and then I got this little thought drop in. Yeah. And it said, it said, for this school, I won't mention the school just, be, just in case privacy and all of that sort of thing, but call the school, do it now. And, you know, being in my meditation, my practice is, you know, you don't have to follow every thought that comes into your mind, just come, come back to the mantra. <laughs> and I tried over this and over to come thought. back this to this mantra. I <laughs> yeah, it was, it was. Something far bigger than... Um, oh my gosh. Yeah. A hundred percent. And I, I tried to float that thought away, but it kept coming back and it, it, because I didn't listen to it as a thought, it then started to, my whole body started to get restless. Like I literally, I couldn't stop moving my body and my body wouldn't stop moving. And I was like, okay, all right, I will listen. I will listen. So I got up, I stopped my meditation. I picked up the phone. I called this school. I had not planned to make this call in any way or form. And I just said, I basically just gave them a brief on who I was and what I love to do. And I said like, look, I've got this these really cool um, processes and systems and, you know, the 4P framework and I'd love to be able to offer it to you guys in, in some way or form. And the rest is history. It just oh. turned instantly into not only one speaking gig, but three speaking gigs where I got to talk to these, like in this incredible private girls high school about finding their inner leader, connecting with their true purpose and connecting with like a purposeful and passion led career. And it is absolutely a dream come true because I know that so many of our school systems are not built 
at not only our school systems, but like at our entire society, is not built in a way to encourage you to connect with what actually drives you intrinsically, like deep on the inside. Like it, like a lot of like year, year 11 and year 12 students are encouraged to make decisions based on what their TE scores yeah. most closely align with. Like if they got a really high, like 99.9 score, they're like, oh, well, that means I should apply for law, right? Because that's the best thing that I can get into for law. So they're making decisions based on what the numbers align with rather than what do you love? Like what, what lights you up? Oh, what makes you yeah. come alive? What do you want to do in this world? Like what are the causes that you truly care about? How do you want to make an impact and contribute? And, and we wonder why there's some, the rates of depression and, and anxiety and, and look, let's even, you know, suicide for, I mean, I couldn't agree with you more and I'm so um so happy to hear that you are going into the schools and and oh my gosh um hopefully well I hope to make an impact yeah fantastic and it's it's funny on that you know so many of my clients have been lawyers lawyers who have hit that sort of point in their career where they realized they went through law school they started in a law firm and actually, this isn't what they want to do with their life, that they, they are not fulfilled. If anything, they're the opposite of fulfilled and that they're restarting the process on understanding who they actually are and what actually drives them and what actually makes them feel fulfilled in life. So let's have a quick chat about your rituals and the tools because Melissa's mm. tool and is a tool that I developed because scent really helped me. It was natural scent in the end after my yes. and going through what I went through that really helped me connect. It really helped me connect to my my true nature in it. What what are some of the tools that you've you've been using um, to have a more intentional life? When I had my little girl Hazy, I like the early stages of motherhood for anyone that has been a mother, it is just one of the most intense, beautiful, nourishing, like soft, warm, like just gorgeous experiences that you can ever have in your life. And I got this feeling of like, it was a, it was a feeling that, I knew was going to be quite hard to hold on to going forward in life. Like, you know, when I jumped back into the working world and I wanted to have some sort of feeling of, of staying connected to, to that feeling, which uh, to share something quite personal, I guess I, the, the persona that I, that I gave that feeling was this kind of feeling of like earth mother and just this, the name or the persona of Earth Mother was something that just like really resonated with me. And it was that feeling. I wanted to be able to bring that feeling into, into everything in my life. Like I didn't feel like it had to only be when I was with my little girl, Hazy breastfeeding or something like that. And so, oh, so you really when I... connected to your divine, your mother, the divine mother within you. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Definitely. Connection. Hundred percent. Hundred percent. So when, so when I was at 
like the Horizon Yoga Studio, I had previously been looking for like some sort of, I don't know, like some sort of little piece of jewelry or some little thing that I could put on my body that would help, help like be a little anchor or help be a little a connector to help me remember this feeling that I wanted to hold on to, like something that could make me feel connected to that. And I remember looking around and I was like, there was just nothing. Like there was nothing that caught my eye or nothing that called out to me in terms of like a bracelet or a ring or anything else. And then I like came across this Melis natural perfume and I was having a little look at them and I saw one that was called Terra. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh my God, Terra. Because Terra means earth at my, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty sure anyway. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Oh, good, good. And, um, and I was like, oh my gosh, what is this? What is this? And so I picked it up and I gave it a little whiff and I instantly just fell in love with it. And I put it on my skin and like rubbed it together. And I just instantly knew in that moment, they're like, oh, I, you know, I wasn't supposed to have a bracelet. This is going to be my anchor. Like this is going to be my connector to, to Earth Mother because this is something that I can take with me everywhere. And so it's still part of my, my intention and my, um, my rituals every single morning. So to share what my practice looks like, it's a, it's a mixture of meditation, a little bit of um, like mirror vision scripting, and then uh, having the perfume on at the same time. So it helps sort of integrate the vision script uh, with the mirror work and the smells all together. Uh, yeah. And then very powerful. Yes. Yeah. Oh, oh, intuitively, haven't you? Did you know yes. what scent can do? Or you're just, this is your intuition I, you to do this? Do you know what? I am... Um, I think a lot of it was intuition. I think there was a, I, I definitely heard of that, um, the ability, because I mean, you would be able to speak to this a lot, a lot more than I would, but I did know that there's, you know, we can wire our brain in a way that helps, helps us associate and strengthen the, the things that we want to remember. Yes. Yes, and scent does that because it goes straight to the um, limbic system, and it and it um, the limbic system. That's why, of course. that's why you can smell. That's why you can remember things through yes. smell. Like a lot of people through smell experience through smell because it, it it's very powerful. So you can re you can um, uh, and this is what I we've got on our website. We've got some little yes that you can go through to imprint positive emotion and feelings into your body. Mm. Um, and then you can it's even program cool. scent and take that scent with you. And when you smell that, it'll send a message to your system saying, "Oh, I feel oh my gosh, I feel oh my helped. gosh." I feel- well, that's that's mm. definitely what it's done for me. So I kind of use it as my my earth mother anchor, my, my confidence anchor, my ability to come back to me and to stay calm and be present. You also have the natural ingredients in there. And I just wanted to bring to your attention that yes. the terror, the terror has rose damascena in there. Rose is incredibly connection to that bit of that feminine. And so there's a lot there <laughs> that is working for I've you. I've just given it another Such smell a now. Story. Thank you. Thank you so much for sharing that. Oh, no, thank you. Um, 
we, we, we're, we're running out of time, but there's so much more I want to talk to you about. But, um, yes. We talked about doing less and being more um, and how you've basically mm. been conscious of creating white space in your diary to mm. allow creativity. Um, mm. It appears that also as we transform into our true nature, more space is needed to allow for this connection and all, because we just can't function how we used to function. Um, at the same level of busyness, um, have you? How disciplined? How disciplined are you at maintaining this being state, especially when you've got the children, the business, and I, I don't know about you, but it, it is it is something that you have to consciously really um, work on. Oh my gosh! Do you do you want the honest answer or the, yeah, or the coach Emma I answer? Honesty, <laughs> Look, I I am a Oh, look, I'll always give you honesty. I don't think I could give anything else. <laughs> I, I am a million times better at it than what I used to be. Um, I've still got a long way to go, that's for sure. So doing versus being, gosh, I, like my personal goal is to be able to get being and doing to a place of 50-50. I would say right now, if I'm really honest with myself, I'm probably more so in doing mode. Gosh, like if you're not counting sleep, yeah. <laughs> I would say 90% of the time I'm in doing mode and it's a, it's a real, it's like my primary goal right now is building practices, tools, mindset, beliefs, you know, getting support on board. Like I, I work with a coach myself um, and that, that's our biggest focus at the moment because ultimately like to be in a, in a state of being, like what does that even mean? But for me, being is true, true presence and the ability to let go of your to-do list mm -hmm. and, and in true unadulterated surrender. It's like life is as it is. I am right here. I am right now. This is my life. This is the world. Like this, this it is how it is. And trusting that you will get those little messages that will help guide you through 100%. where you need to be like the message you got during 100%. your presentation when you were in stillness 100%. when you were being 100% and that 100%. yeah our minds isn't it now that get in the way and I think what about self-worth the the self-worth speak that's been a big lesson for me and allowing mm. and, and getting rid of the self-sabotage of all those old habits and actually do you have any tips around oh my gosh um, tips around which piece around self-worth well yeah finding that that self-worth that you're worthy of finding your spark that you're worthy of allowing yourself to be and not have to do a million things and um yeah oh my gosh so many so many if there's if there's one practical one that i could or maybe two little mini practical ones that i could offer so, so the first one is about, you know, we can say things like I am worthy 
I am worthy. I am worthy. I am deserving. I am all the things. But whether you, whether you believe that or not is a whole nother story. And like the words that come out of our mouth can be very different to what we actually believe on the inside. Mm -hmm. So I, I personally feel like it can be like a two pronged approach. So one is doing things like building practices into your life that actually are in line with the belief that you are indeed worthy. So say, for example, what would a worthy person do? Like if you were worthy, how would you go about your day? What would your day look like? And what would you prioritise? Like would you, if you were worthy, knowing that you already are, because we're already worthy, right? Just as we are, our true self, we are already worthy. If you were already worthy, what would be, what would be the one thing that you would most love to do today? And just asking, asking that question and seeing what pops up for you. And perhaps it's, well, if I was already worthy, you know what? I'd take a nap. Like, I'd, I'd have a rest because I'm really, I'm really tired. <laughs> or maybe I would go and meditate. Or maybe I would go for a walk uh, in nature without my phone, without headphones. Or maybe I would go and paint a picture and be creative. Or, you know, something, something that makes your heart and your soul feel happy. I really so I, that. yeah, yeah, awesome. awesome. I like that building so I, into your life that proves that you're worthy. That's that's yes, really, that's because really because you've got to feel it. You do because what that does is by you acting in line with the belief that you are worthy, it starts to automatically send a message to your subconscious brain that you are worthy, mm -hmm. and so that's kind of the. I don't know, the backwards approach to, to building a feeling of sense, a sense of self-worth within you. And the other one, which is more the, perhaps the, in, the intrinsic approach, is doing something such as mirror work. And I don't know if anyone's done much mirror work before, but it can be deeply uncomfortable, very awkward. Tell yes, but, but also ridiculously powerful. Mm -hmm. So... It is, as it sounds, it's standing in front of the mirror. It's looking yourself deep in the eye. It's not like that look in the, look in the mirror that you might give yourself when you're applying makeup, when you're only kind of like half there. You know, when you're like putting mis your mascara on, you're kind of looking at yourself, but you're, you're not really looking at yourself. You're kind of like thinking about your day or whatever. No, this is like looking yourself deep in the eyes deep in the eyes, and this can actually bring up quite a lot of emotion when you do this, holding your own gaze, putting your hand on your heart, taking a big breath and like really like breathing yourself in while you look at yourself and telling yourself that you love what you see and that you are deeply worthy. That you love what you see and that you are deeply worthy. And repeating these words over and over 
not not letting go of that eye contact. And if you're anything like probably 99.9% of people who do this for the first time, it'll feel so awkward and so uncomfortable and you'll want to turn away. You'll probably, you'll think, what am I doing? This is so weird. Why would I do this? Sometimes some emotion might come up like, I don't know how I feel about these words that I'm saying. And just know that in those moments, you are doing exactly what you're supposed to be doing. Like that is the work. That is the work. And it's having such a beautiful impact on you. Like I've had moments of doing this work and actually just like broken down in tears, like in the mirror. I love the way that you connect into your heart space when you do that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. As well. So you're also really um, connecting and, and, initiating that energy to, to come from the heart space, which is all pure 100%. love. Yeah. 100%. That's really beautiful. 100%. Thank you, Emma. Um, oh, pleasure. pleasure. That's really beautiful. That was really powerful. I wanted to have a little tear then. Oh, go and do it and let me know how you it. go. I will do it. I will do it. Awesome. Absolutely. Awesome. That's, a really, um, that's, a really, that's one that doesn't need to take a lot of time. You can do it anytime, oh. any place. Just prioritise and it's, yeah. it's you building a relationship with yourself yeah. as well, right? Which is the, probably the fundamental relationship that everyone needs to build in the world. Yeah. Absolutely. Relationship um, with self. And, yeah, what does that look like? Yeah, well, that's another, we could go down another tangent. <laughs> I, uh, we really, really <laughs> do need to try and wrap it up. So I just want one more question. Um, yes you you're obviously quite entrepreneurial um very inspiring and you appear to be role modeling exactly what you help your clients (laughs) achieve um you've got some pretty exciting programs coming up which i think are worthy of sharing with our listeners can you can you share a little bit about those so if someone of course how can they hear more and what sort of programs do you offer 100%. 100%. Yeah, I'd love to. So um, I guess the key one, which which may be of interest to some of your audience, is the Find Your Spark program. That, and that's where we, we dive into those four Ps, so the purpose, passion, potential, and possibility. And the whole core focus of the program is to unlock your spark. Mm-hmm. So there's a there's a whole process of discovery and discovering what your spark is. There's lots on mindset because ultimately, like a lot of us do know what we want to do, but it's our mindset that often gets in the way, like some old limiting beliefs or fear or doubt that can stop us from actually taking action towards what we want to do. Sure. And then there's a really big action component within that program as well. So if you want to get a little bit of a taste of that program, I'm actually running one of the most uh, exciting challenges that I've possibly ever run before, and it's called the Purpose Party. So it's where you'll basically get a bit of a taste of the program for free. It's a it's a three day oh, free wow. training series. Yeah, mm-hmm. where the the first day is going to be about activating your your highest vision and designing your dream life. So helping you actually connect to what the highest possible version of your life might be. Uh And then day two 
is about connecting to your higher self. So we start to connect to the, the version of you that's already living that highest vision. Mm-hmm. And that's really, really powerful. And then day three is about unlocking your unique zone of genius because every single person in the whole wide world has their own unique zone of genius. It's like their own unique their magic. Gift. Their gift. Their gift. Yes, their unique gift to the world, 100%. And many of us aren't playing in that space for whatever reason, usually societal conditioning and um, all of the things, but I'll take you through a process of, of being able to unlock what that genius zone is for you. Because ultimately I want to connect people to their higher self, their highest potential, you know, their spark. And that those three days are designed to, to give you a taste of, of what that process could look like. So, um, yeah, I can, I can share the link to the purpose party uh, with you and, and maybe they can find that in the Mm -hmm. the show notes. Awesome. Sounds great. Um, now we are going to wrap up, but is there anything else that you'd like to add to the conversation that you feel just to finish off that you feel is really important, um, about your purpose, about other people living their purpose? Uh, yeah. We've covered. I guess the only li- <laughs> we have covered a lot, and I feel like, gosh, we could we could talk for days, couldn't we? Um, but I guess the only last little thing that just dropped into my mind there is, if there is anyone out there who is feeling a little bit lost or stuck, or who maybe knows that they're not they're not in the place that they want to be or that they should be. Uh, maybe perhaps they're feeling a little bit restless and they don't know why and they know that something should change but they don't know how. The one, the one tip that I could give you no matter where you are in your journey is to try and get quiet. Mm-hmm. To try and get as quiet as you possibly can and sometimes it is one of the most deeply uncomfortable things that our brains can ever go through but we you know we talked about white space and we talked about not only white space in our diaries but here I'm talking about creating space in the mind because if there's one thing that I know to be true it's that when we create space within our minds that that's when those beautiful like intuitive downloads can come through and that bit by bit by bit, those little intuitive downloads or those little messages from your subconscious brain or from a higher power, whatever you want to call it, when they start to come through, they will guide you along the way. And you can do this in a multitude of different ways. You can do it through meditation apps. Like I personally use a meditation app that's called One Giant Mind. And that's been really awesome for me. But it doesn't have to be meditation. You know, it can be journaling. It can be walking through nature. It can just be, you know, putting 10 minutes aside that you're not near your phone and that you just go and sit outside not near any technology and just try and listen to your heartbeat or feel your heartbeat but the quieter and the more spacious that your mind can get 
the more that you're going to connect with your true self and what, what you're here for. So that's probably the last little message that just popped into my mind that I feel like was probably for someone out there. Um, and apart from that, I think, I think that's it. <laughs> that's, that's wonderful. Thank you for that last parting words. Um, oh, pleasure. Yeah, so so important um, to do that. So thank you. You have been a joy. Your your energy is so gorgeous, and you're, you're it's really lovely connecting with you. And I'm sure our listeners will um, feel the same. But you've given you've been so generous with the information, and that that you've you've shared some really good little nuggets in there. So so thank you, and I can't wait oh. to to hear and see more of these speaking gigs at the schools. <laughs> I know, I know. And my, my absolute pleasure. It's been so awesome being here. And yeah, it's what I, it's what I love to do most. So thank you for having me. You're very welcome. Thank you.